Hey guys, Bobby Walker here with Journey of a New Entrepreneur with another amazing episode for you today. And I don't say it's amazing because of me, it's amazing because of who I've got on it. And we're going to get to that in just a second. So if you're watching, just kind of ignore that, that other, that other uh, person over there. And if you're listening, just listen to my voice. First off, guys, thanks for coming back. Uh, I've been asking you guys for reviews. I've been asking you to help me out on iTunes. And thank you so much for those of you that have done that. I want to just share a couple of them I just got. Uh, so Nate from West Virginia says, can't get enough. Love this podcast. It goes through all the ups and downs of owning a service business with great success stories. Very inspiring. Keep them coming. Nate, I appreciate that. And then uh, Bebo T. Rivera says, dope podcast. I think I'm too old to say dope, but he said, dope podcast. I subscribed and will listen regularly. So Bebo, Nate, appreciate that. Thank you guys for the love. And uh, just, just there's your virtual fist bump right through the screen. Uh, guys, don't forget, you can always follow along on my personal story on the Journey of a New Entrepreneur YouTube channel. That's where you kind of see what goes on with me. The podcast that you're listening to right now, The Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast, is other people's stories, so we're going to learn about them. And then uh, if you want to connect with me, get on Facebook, Journey of a New Entrepreneur. That's kind of where we can talk back and forth and, and all that good stuff. So here we are. It's July 3rd, 2019. I'm about to take off tomorrow, go hang out at an Airbnb in uh, New Smyrna Beach on the Intercoastal and have a good time. But before I left... I had to do this interview. I've seen this person. She's kind of like, I don't know. She's probably always been there, but I saw her come on the scene recently. I've been watching from afar. I've been kind of creeping because I'm like, oh my God, this person's doing some impressive stuff. And finally, I just worked up the courage and just messaged her and said, Elena, would you mind being on my podcast? And she said, Bob, you're like my favorite podcaster. She didn't say that. She did not say I was her favorite podcaster ever, but she said, absolutely, I'll do it. So I'm very, very appreciative, and you guys are in for a treat. So Elena has a maid service, and I know she lives in Las Vegas. I think that's where her, her business is as well, but she took this maid service. She went from zero, started with nothing, and in 12 months, she built it up. Um, Elena, where, okay, I know it's impressive. Where did you go from zero to where in 12 months with this maid service? I think that our first full year in business, we uh, built it to 500,000. 500,000. Wow. Right now it's at 1.2 million a year. We're four years old. Very impressive. Very impressive. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of have you on here for selfish reasons because like I'm in the process of starting a made business and I thought, yeah. what better way than to get, a, get her on the podcast? I'll tell you so, all the secrets. <laughs> so I might not even post this episode. I might just keep all the goodness for myself. But Elena, thank you so much for being here and taking a chance on a dude that you don't know. And, and uh, for all you know, it could be crazy. So, so how are you doing? You said you're up in Portland right now. You're in an Airbnb kind of taking the summer off. Is that, is that what's going on? Yes. Every summer we leave uh, Las Vegas because it's very hot. Mm-hmm. And I made a deal with my husband that, you know, we will go because he loves Vegas except for the summer, right? So I'm like, we're going to live in Vegas, but we'll go. So we go. And it's either Europe or Pacific Northwest for some reason. So this year is Pacific Northwest. Nice. Nice. Now, I, I've noticed your friends with like Kidma on, on uh, Facebook. Are you like hanging out with her up in Oregon too while you're up there? Or? Yes, we're going to. Yes. Uh, I'm going to be hanging out with her and Brandon uh, next week. Actually, the week after, because I have to go back to Vegas to come back. Um, I have a bunch of uh, childhood friends here uh, mm -hmm. living, like three families. So I'm going to be hanging out with them. 
And my best friend is flying from Vegas to hang out this weekend. So it's going to be crazy. Nice. I'm jealous. Well, I'm kind of jealous. Now, for the next four days, I, I'm going to be on the intercoastal at New Smyrna Beach with actually, actually, a good segue here. You're also a Conquer coach, which is like a coaching program that I'm a part of. You can see my shirt right here. And uh, I'm getting together with two of the, other, two of the guys in my four-person Conquer group live just an hour away from me and we do like quarterly get together so we rented an airbnb and we're taking our families and we're doing we, when we get together we always talk business and help each other out and and we have a good time too so so for the next four days i'll be living your life <laughs> yeah awesome so listen um tell every every episode i always ask the guest give us that 90 second overview just kind of let us know who you are. You can go as deep and personal as you want to, or you can be not as deep and personal as you don't want to. That's completely up to you. But tell us a little bit about your personal life. Tell us a little bit about the business, and then we'll kind of dig in and go from there. Yes, yeah, so I am uh, the first generation immigrant. I was born in the Soviet Union before it all went to hell, uh, went to hell in a basket. <laughs> and I um, grew up kind of like a snow globe childhood, so to speak, mm -hmm. very protected and isolated at the same time. My mom and dad took a good care of me, a little too good. Uh, and then I know you're a father, so you can probably understand what I mean. Oh, yeah. Yes. And then when I was in my 20s, I graduated from college, uh, international economics, and then got married to an American guy, moved to U.S., and hit their like rock bottom started like literally uh, scraping the asphalt with my face. Uh, it was wow. really bad. The marriage was bad. Uh, everything he told me in the past was actually not true, as it mm. turned out. So uh, It was extremely, extremely challenging. I was on welfare. It, it was just, it was horrible. Uh, but right around that time, I applied to go to law school. And that was University of Idaho, and I got admitted because I had really high scores, apparently. Mm. So... I went to law school, did three years there, and then graduated practice law in um, Hawaii, of all places, so for 11 years in litigation. Nice. And then, uh, yes, and especially since when I entered law school, I was nine months pregnant, so uh, the assistant vice dean on the first day of my classes took me outside uh, and paraded me to every professor's uh, room, office, and they tried to collectively talk me out of proceeding with the school, saying like, you're a foreigner, which is true. You don't speak English fully, which is true. You're nine months pregnant, which is very true. <laughs> and they said even like native-born Americans who have no kids, they don't survive law school so easily. 30%, we lose 30% of our uh, student population the first semester. Hmm. So they're like, you're going to fail. So I came out and I was like crying on the bench. And then all the like Idaho boys, my classmates came out with, and they all have like hats, you know, and mm -hmm. baseball hats and rifles and, and like trucks. And they said, what's going on here? And they said, well, they want me to quit. And I don't know, like, that's the only thing I know how to do is to study. So like, look, we got you. We'll bring you notes. We'll support you. We'll back you up. And so with their help, with the collective help, it wasn't just boys, it was girls. Everybody yeah. all helped me out. I had a baby. I had my, you know, classes. And I managed to survive. I graduated uh, top 10 or 15% of my class cum laude. And, wow. Uh, I did really well in law. It was a lot of fun. It's like, I always say law is my first love. Mm -hmm. um, and then when um, I had my first kid, I actually uh, lived in pretty a tough situation. So I kind of dumped him on my mom. I made my mom to come back from, from my home country and mm -hmm. don't watch him because I couldn't focus on the studies. 
and I went to straight to school and then I had two jobs as a waitress, uh, Red Lobster and a Chinese restaurant. Mm -hmm. uh, it was horrible, the worst, the world's worst, <laughs> the worst. Um, but I managed to survive and then, um, and my first son is very sweet. So he was like, okay, mom, if you, that's what you have to do, do it. Right. Um, so I practiced law, had a lot of fun, um, did really well. And then when I had my second son, now with my second husband, I was like, all right, I'm going to go right back to work. I just like picked up my son. I was like, here you go, mom. And then my second son was like, no, 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 no. That is not going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. He does not have the same sweet personality. He's the opposite, right? So he's like, you're going to, I want my mom, right? So he was a baby. He was very vocal. And I ended up leaving law and um, took a sabbatical. It was a two-year sabbatical. And we lived in Europe. And I was a full-time mom for the first time in my life. Just like, it was an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Um, uh, and of course, it wasn't that good for my brain, right? But it, it was really good for my soul. So, um, and then we came back from Europe to US and settled in Las Vegas because cost of living was like probably a third of what it is in um, Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And then my um, best childhood friend um, contacted me because she won green card lottery. So she said, I get to come to US with my entire family. Uh, find me an apartment, find me a job. And I was like, well, that's going to be really tough because she didn't speak English. She's a Russian-speaking architect. Mm -hmm. So I, I ended up opening a cleaning company to help her cover her bills. And it just, like, exploded. We never expected for it to go that insane. Mm -hmm. insane. That's interesting. That's a lot. Holy cow, that's, that's quite the story. So from, from the first time that you got to the U.S., you know, you said you had the, you know, face on the asphalt to your friend got here and you started the cleaning company, which was roughly four years ago, right? I think yeah. from Polonia. How, how much time was there in the time you first got to the U.S. to friend got here and you started the cleaning company? About 15 years. About 15 years. Okay. So still a lot of bouncing, bouncing around in oh there. God. So. Oh, my God. Too much. Now, wh why did you end up in Hawaii? And, and was that – like you look at Hawaii and you think, oh, my God, it would be amazing to live there. But then it's probably just like anywhere else. You live there and it's like, yeah, I'm just living here. Was it pretty awesome living there? Or, or what's that like to, to live where most people vacation? Yeah, I love Hawaii. Uh, well, the way I ended up there is because my ex, he used to move around a lot. He's very mm -hmm. dysfunctional in general as a person for various reasons. Mm -hmm. and one of the things he thought uh, the part of dysfunction was the fact that he was Asian. He was adopted. And so he was ethnically Asian, but he uh, thought in a Caucasian way, right? Mm -hmm. So he thought, like, it, it, the reason why my life sucks is because everybody hates me because I'm, uh, they're racist, right? Which, mm. you know. Uh, so he thought, if I go to Hawaii, where everybody else is Asian, uh, is majority of population is Asian, I'm going to be fine. Well, that theory turned out to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, but I, I ended up taking to Hawaii because uh, people of Hawaii are amazing. This is the best part. I know everybody thinks of paradise and mm -hmm. the beauty, which is all there. It's all true. But the best beauty of Hawaii is its people, right? They're yeah. amazingly kind. If you drive on the freeway and you need to change the lane, right? You turn on the blinker. I don't know what happens in Florida, but in most places in the U.S. <laughs> no one uses blinkers in Florida. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They'll, they'll just like try to squeeze you out of that lane. In Hawaii, the entire row of cars will start slowing down. Really? Wow. Wow. And that tells you something about how people think. 
Mm. They live by Aloha. So I love them. I love Hawaii. It was extremely expensive, extremely yeah. expensive, right? And it's insane and it's very crowded. So there's definitely that issue of the, the value you get for your money, right? Mm. And there's a high tax burden, all this other stuff. But the people are incredible. The nature is incredible. It's gorgeous. Food is really good. And the problem is you have to fly. And you, I love traveling and my husband really loves traveling. But every time we have to go somewhere, you have to fly to the mainland first and then go on. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fair enough. And then Vegas, is that, uh, you guys just kind of thought, nah, that looks fun. You just kind of picked a place on the map and went? No, <laughs> it's really funny. So I'm a very cheap person, like really, really cheap. And my <laughs> friends like always tell me, don't say, I say that you're not cheap. I am. So when, uh, the, the last big crisis happened, you know, mm-hmm. the real estate and economy tank and went to the toilet. Uh, I remember that real estate, was like bleeding it was like it was crazy and so vegas was one of the main epicenters of that disaster yep i remember vegas, phoenix um not orlando so much but miami yeah florida had a rough time i wasn't here at the time but florida had a rough time at yeah. it too yeah and detroit it was horrible but vegas was the worst and at some point i'm sitting and i think it was in uh probably still in hawaii and I'm looking at the real estate prices, you know, and all the like gory headlines. And I was like, wow, like they sell houses for almost nothing. They sell apartments for almost nothing. Like literally you cannot buy a garage for, you know, in Hawaii for what, you know, you can buy like a three bedroom house in Las Vegas right now. Mm-hmm. They were selling houses below the cost of construction, below cost of replacement, right? Mm -hmm. So I told my husband, actually we're in Europe, I remember, I told him like, you have to go to Hawaii, uh, to to Las Vegas, buy everything you see. Don't come back home unless (laughs) you bought something. And so he's like, I don't know about Vegas, why Vegas? I don't gamble, and I don't gamble either. Yeah. He went back and forth about four times, and he ended up buying a bunch of properties. And unfortunately, I couldn't talk him into Detroit at the time. <laughs> so now, which I regret, right? But uh, at least Vegas uh, did happen. And mm. when we're coming back from Europe, we're thinking like, where shall we settle? Because we don't have strong ties to any region. And when I looked at Nevada, um, Las Vegas, there's no state income tax, mm. which in, in Hawaii, state income tax is higher than federal tax. So imagine you're paying wow. like, money and then even more money yeah holy cow i didn't know that there's no yeah. state state income tax here in florida either so exactly yeah mm-hmm. so out of these states like think about florida nevada and i think there's a couple i'm not but i think there are a couple more states where you don't want to live i think well at least i don't want to live because they're too far away from where i want to be like yeah. in terms of travel right they're, they don't have major airports and so literally it's either florida or, or texas um I think Texas and then Nevada. So, and because the real estate prices were so low, we ended up buying uh, a lot of properties. And as you can imagine, they all like double or triple since. Mm -hmm. So that's how we ended up in Las Vegas. When when we're coming back from from, um, Europe, we're like, where should we live? Well, why don't we just move into one of our properties? So now help me connect these dots. You go from law to real estate investor, to owning a housekeeping service. So I know you got there because you wanted to help your friend out. What was that transition like? Had you thought about doing that before or was it literally just like, ah, my friend's coming, I'll I'll do something to to give her uh, a place to work? 
No, you know what? I uh, resisted my whole life, uh, the entrepreneurships. And you know, my husband is an entrepreneur. He's a lifelong entrepreneur, very successful in his own right. Um, and I view entrepreneurs as like mavericks. They mm -hmm. do stuff that's like crazy and they're risk takers, right? They're like bold. And uh, I'm very like by the book, responsible, you know, do everything on time, double, triple. I'm a lawyer. I'm actually a defense lawyer, right? So I don't even sue people. I defend people. I defend okay. Very conservative, like uh, straight A students, you know, like that's 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 my identity. So every time somebody said like, "Oh, what about business? What about this and that?" and I was like, "No, no, no, that's not me. I hate too business. much risk. Yeah, too much risk. I hate um, HR. I hate everything about business because I hate HR and management. <laughs> I hate accounting. I hate sales. You know, if you think about it, that's all the business is, right? So I always yeah. try to avoid it. Um, so, but when it started happening out of necessity. Um, I couldn't believe that it's working and it's mm -hmm. working so well. And I kept asking my friend, like, are we a real company now? Like, I, I think when we hit our first million, I was like, I guess we're a real company now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah we, we kept looking at each other. We didn't have an office. Everything was done remotely. Mm -hmm. Our investment, total investment in the company was a thousand dollars. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Okay. So, for the longest time, I think we even used the logo that I Googled somewhere. I an <laughs> artist, but it was a cartoon, right? And we used it for uh, until we hit our first million. And afterwards, like, okay, I got to get a real logo. That's funny. That's too good. Well, how long did it take to hit the first million? Uh, I don't know. I think it was like less than two years, I want to say. I, I didn't wow. really... When I, when I went and looked and I used launch 27, which is the software for mm -hmm. a lot of companies. Um, that's what we just signed up for actually. Yeah. It's amazing. It's the mm -hmm. best over there. So, and, and it does give you the dashboard with the sales. And I remember when I first started, I was like, wow, is that for real? Like that does not seem real. Mm -hmm. right? Now I'm like, okay, you know, like yeah. it has to be much higher. Than <laughs> <laughs> Your perspective changes. That's funny. That's too funny. Well, okay. So you start this business when your so your friend gets over here. Did you start out literally just like with just her and like what did you do about getting your first jobs? Tell me a little bit about you know I, I'm not asking like your marketing strategy, but just like kind of tell me what that was like. What was your life with her like, and and how did you do that? Well, we had one more partner at the time. Uh, she's also a friend of ours. And basically, none of us had... So as a lawyer, architect, and a personal trainer, right? Mm -hmm. Fitness trainer. You can imagine, none of us had business experience. So what we decided to do is just take one step at a time. Like, And literally, I'm like very... The type of person who breaks everything down to like the basic level. Mm -hmm. That it doesn't make sense, does not make sense. I don't get too complex. So to be in business, we need money. And to, to have money is to find clients. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing we focused on, to find clients. We didn't go like doing like a logo, going crazy, because I don't have a romantic notion of business. You know, like some people are like, oh, you know, business, that's so like awesome. For me, yeah. it's like, no, I need the money, right? Where can we get the money? So we went around and we told everybody we know that we offer cleaning service. And even before we cleaned the first home, we didn't even know how to clean, actually, mm -hmm. honestly. And then literally our partner, fitness trainer partner, she was standing at some um, playground, I think. And she was talking to someone. And, she's, and this, this woman who mentioned that she needs uh, her home clean professionally. 
And then she said, oh, guess what? You're in luck because, you know, we just opened the cleaning service. And so that she was our first client. I think it was within first week as we decided being in business, we're in business. So. Mm -hmm. Nice. Okay. And then, so it was just word of mouth at the beginning. Did you ever do um, like the door-to-door -door thing or flyers or, did, or what did you do to continue getting business? Yeah, we've tried everything. And I think uh, what from the very beginning, we decided to focus on online marketing. And I'm not so much marketing even, but strong online reputation because I am the type of consumer who buys through online, yeah. through news, through Reviews, Yelp, yeah. Facebook, right? So I was like, okay, for sure, we need to have a really strong presence and stellar reputation. And not only have that reputation, but be that reputation, right? So that was uh, one of the first things we did, which I highly recommend to everybody else going into this business is to identify your values. Because I was reading through a lot of Yelp reviews, a lot of Google reviews for like hundreds of companies in Vegas for house cleaning. It's very competitive out there. And I noticed that uh, the biggest drawbacks is the last, a lack of trust. Because mm -hmm. Vegas is a very transitory town. It's not like Oklahoma. It's not like even Hawaii. where yeah. everybody knows, right? it's, it's like everybody moves, moves in and out. And you don't know who you trust in your home to. Yeah. And imagine that person, like our, our employees know more about our clients than their priests do. So literally, we know all of the secrets, right? <laughs> and so you have to be, have confidence and trust mm -hmm. in whoever you entrust in, your house, your kids, your pets, you know, everything, your valuables. And so how do we, and I know for myself, I'm a very trustworthy person. I'm very straight up, right? And so, so are my friends. But how do we relate that? into the world how do we prove it so we identified the top three values that we stand for is honest simple and clean so honesty is our number one value and then we did it literally when we first even before we had company name where we identified those values and then everything else came from that hmm. so the trust was our main kind of target and that's niche and then the simple is because we try to keep everything lean and um, painless for the clients because it's very pain painful to try to order a cleaning company. It's mm -hmm. very painful. There's like a million questions. There's like hit or miss experiences, all that. We, do, we keep it all very simple and clean. And clean comes for quality. Because the one thing we wanted to do is be high quality service. So, yep. And I know everybody says that, but we actually are. So. Yeah. Um, so after we identified those three values and we're sitting at the table and we're looking at each other and we're thinking like, how are we going to market ourselves? Like, what, are, what is our name going to be? What is it about us that's in common? So we're looking at each other, right? And um, my friend and I, the original partners, we are lifelong friends. We've been friends since we're six years old. And then the third friend we just met like two months before. But the one common thing between all of us is that we were like really wholesome. And we're all good students, right? So they, and I thought, you know what? If somebody like um, is ordering me service and the door opens and they see us and we are so cute, like not cute, like in a romantic way, but like, we're just so like harmless, right? Mm -hmm. Like they will let us in. They will feed us cookie. They will trust us with their kids. They will trust us with our home. They'll so trust you're us saying that, that that's not going to work for someone that looks like me, basically. No, you look very wholesome. You look very kind. You know, and that's, that's the ultimate, that's the ultimate thing. You have to have a wholesome, kind face. Mm. That's ultimate. You should not look evil. You definitely don't look evil. If you don't mm. believe me, don't. <laughs> no, you don't. It's a, 
because yeah that's how they judge you because sometimes you know you open you order service you open the door and you're like okay that person looks like they're gonna probably kill me with an accent yeah and it doesn't happen all the time but sometimes no i i couldn't agree with you more on this point one of the things that uh, with our business that we make a point uh, in my uh, window cleaning and pressure washing company is you know like hiring on um attitude and personality yeah. we, we can train the skill because when when someone's at your house working i mean i know you're kind of talking about appearance but you're talking about more than just a, appearance you're exactly. talking about that experience and you know like online reviews i mean like we're killing it we're just you know we've been here for two and a half years and we've you can take the next five companies that have the most reviews in our area and add them all together. And we got more than all of them, you know, like we're, we're just, that's how we've done it. But the way we've done it, it's not because the houses are cleaner than someone else or that, you know, we, we, I don't know. You know, it's, it's not the sales process. It's not the, it's the, that experience they have with our technicians who have been trained how to talk to them correctly, how to make them feel at ease when we're at their home cleaning and um, we had a guy that we damaged some stuff on his property last week and he gave us a five-star Google review because he could, he's like, yeah, this thing happened, but your guys were amazing. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I can't believe you gave me a five-star review for this, but you know, it happens. And I think that's what people miss out on. And I don't want to like kind of go down this rabbit hole too much, but I think this, there is a lot of value here for, for the listeners. Um, you've read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I'm assuming. Yes. Do you remember the part where, um, so Kiyosaki, he's saying, I'm, I'm about to get interviewed by this woman. I think he was somewhere overseas, but I don't, that's irrelevant. I don't remember the whole scenario, but he's about to get interviewed by someone that, that's a, a, a reporter for a magazine or something like that. And before the interview started, they're sitting there and they're chatting and, you know, just talking about life. And she had mentioned that her real passion is not like, reporting and writing these articles but like writing books like she really she likes to write this content and he goes well why aren't you doing it but you know what's holding you back from pursuing that and she goes well actually I've already wrote some books but I'm just not getting any traction with them you know they're not bestsellers and they're not this or that and she goes do you have any advice and he goes yeah go you need you need to go listen to this person and go take their training course and she said are you telling me that I, you want me to go learn sales tactics in order to become a better writer? And he goes, I want you to go learn sales tactics so your books will sell. And this woman who had been trained formally as a writer and did all the proper stuff in college, she got really offended because she was thinking my, my craft should stand on its own. And she, so she got angry with him and kind of, they went back and forth. And he said that he pointed at her notepad and he goes, what did you write right next to my name on your notepad before we started the interview? And she goes, what are you talking about? And he goes, he points at it and he says, right here, it says Robert Kiyosaki, best selling author. It doesn't say best writing author, exactly. it says best selling author. And even though you and I aren't technically talking about sales, the point still stands that people oftentimes get caught up in the wrong things and like if you're talking to your customers about your equipment and how your mop is the best, you're probably missing the point. If you're talking about how many gallons per minute your pressure washer is or, or this or that, and, and I know there's value like with a cleaning service if you're green or whatever, but, but, but the point is if you're worried about those things but you're not focusing on how that person feels when you leave their home, you're really missing out on a lot of opportunity. 
And for all of you guys running businesses out there or all of you guys that are about to start one, um, the number one thing you got to focus on, which Elena had already said is like marketing slash sales, you know, getting the client. If you don't have them, nothing else even makes sense. And then the second thing is how you're going to make that customer feel, because if they feel great when you leave, they're going to use you again and they're going to tell their friends about you. And they're going to tell the whole world about you by going on Google or Yelp or something like that and leaving you a review. So I'll get off my, my soapbox, but I thought that was an appropriate time to kind of interject that there. So, so you, you've, you've created this thing. You guys are adorable and cute. When you knock on the door, they let you in and big, big ogre looking guys like me. We just don't have what it takes, but I get it. It hurts my feelings, but I can accept reality. So (laughs) carry on, carry on. Uh, yeah, so actually, uh, interestingly, when I first started that company, I was not this cute. Like, my whole demeanor, you remember, like, I come from Soviet Union, right? Mm-hmm. So I have, like, a Russian kind of stealing me. Uh, <laughs> I was an attorney, litigation, right? Mm-hmm. So, again, it's not the fluffiest. It's not that little bunny thing. Yeah. It's a very, like, it's, it's not. My husband is the, the person with adorable personality in our family, right? I'm mm-hmm. not. But I think... What's interesting is at some point I realized that to succeed, I have to do what it takes. If I need to be more per people person, I will talk to people. If I need to be on camera, I can't just say, I hate being on camera. I have to figure out how to be on camera because that's what my employees need to get more business, to feed their families. Right? So at some point it becomes not about you at all and stuff that you don't want to do and stuff that you don't feel like you are. Right? Or I'm not adorable. Well, you have to be adorable, you know, for you to be pleased to feed their families. So I am it. on the inside. I am on the inside. <laughs> you are. <laughs> you are. And you know, in the worst cases, like I have some friends who are very successful entrepreneurs. And they, for example, some of them, they don't have like that, that kind of like fluffy personality, right? And so they're like, well, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? I'm like, you know what? Chances are, if you don't have that personality, then you're probably married to somebody who is, because usually opposite attracts. So just yeah. drag your wife into put her in front of the camera, you know? Mm-hmm. That's my lesson. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So, okay. So, so carrying on with the cleaning thing. So you guys, yeah. you started uh, grassroots. Did you do the, some of the cleaning yourself early on? That was one of the top uh, requirements that I gave to my friends. I'm like, if we're going to do this business, Mm -hmm. what I want to do is I want to make sure that all of us will do the cleaning ourselves. Because I want to understand what it takes to Mm -hmm. do a good job. So we did. And you know what? Like, I really, I was not good at cleaning at all. Neither were they. Like, Mm -hmm. we didn't know what the hell we're doing. We found somebody on Craigslist for $15 an hour, like an actual professional cleaner. And she had two months of experience. So she was, like, way more experienced than we were. We begged her to come with us. And we had her as a security blanket for the first couple of jobs we had. Um, So... Uh, and then when I watched them, I'm like, okay, she's not doing anything magical, right? She's just cleaning. So we can definitely do that. So we started doing that. And then one of the, the second job, so the first job was fine. It was a bigger house. We brought this lady with us. And then the second job was uh, a hoarder's home. It was like a horrible, horrible, there was something like, the guy was really, really nice, but his house was beyond pale, like something I've never seen happened before so for instance he lived by himself I think he used to have family but they ran away so every single piece of trash that he's ever collected he would just throw it in the garage and close mm. the door. that includes the linens 
Oh. That includes like, uh, so any dirty laundry, he'll just throw it in the garage. And the garage was so full that you couldn't fully close or open the door. It was like partially open. Uh, and then there are three dogs in the house and the whole carpet was like this. Th you could not see the carpet. It was just the uh, hair, dog hair. Wow. Um, yeah. And the kitchen um, was so bad. There's like things growing, like not like little things, but there's like mountains. Like you could not see any surface in the kitchen. Inside the refrigerator, they things like rotten. It was like, it looked like a dead body was in there. So it was just, the whole thing was really bad. And in fact, I wasn't even supposed to be at that job, but they called me and they're like, you need to make your way up down here. So I came out, I, I was with my mom at the mall. So I just stopped there and I just came over. I walk in and I'm the kind of person who's very calm, right? So I'm like, all right, you know, so yeah, I have to admit it looks pretty bad. So I went to the client I was like, so, you know, I see that, you know, we're struggling here. So I don't think we can do, and we charge flat rates. So I'm like, I don't think we can do a lot like for, you know, what we agreed on. He's like, you know what? I know it's bad. So do what you can. I really need help. And, and that's where this other thing kicks in where you want to help the client, right? You mm -hmm. see that he needs help, right? So we're like, okay, so we'll do what we can. And we did do a lot, but I even over all of my desire to help him, I couldn't walk into his kitchen. I, I like walked in and walk right out. I'm like, I'm sorry, we just cannot touch. I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. um, and that was my kind of preview of what it's going to be like. And that was the worst client. To this day, this was the worst client we've ever had. This is yeah. client number two. And then yeah. afterward, he was actually in Boulder City. So we called, we had an emergency um, code name called Boulder City. <laughs> <laughs> we used to, like almost a year, whenever there's a really bad plan, we'll say it's Boulder City. And then we used to uh, grade it on the scale from zero to 10, how Boulder City it is. Right? How Boulder City? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's was, funny. In fact, I, when I was talking to you, I told me, you know what? I would, if I were you, I would just start new. I would just take all that stuff and just like set it on fire. and just I'll be happy to come and help you for free to do it. You know, like, so mm. it's just like, that's probably inappropriate to say. Yeah. But, Literally, he needed like some kind of biohazard removal team, mm -hmm. full on suits. Um, after that experience, uh, we started thinking like, how do we make sure this doesn't happen to us again? Mm -hmm. Right. And in fact, today, none of my employees will have to clean a house like that. We have it in our terms of service. We have communication down, we have the script. So because that's really bad for your health, yeah. mental health, emotional health, physical health in all respects. Job satisfaction, everything, yeah. Everything. So, and you can never make money off of it. You can never make that client happy. They need some other help, but not us, right? Mm. So uh, we have a whole process just for that type of client, right? Which is fine. We want to help everybody, but we cannot help everybody. So, mm. um, so our third client, one of the very first clients was this woman from Hawaii. And I was like, yeah, Hawaii, you know, like that's good. Hawaii has the best people. She was the most demanding client uh, today. Right? <laughs> the most demanding. She made me come back seven times. So, so two we'll of your first three customers were two of the worst. Awful. Awful. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? That's what made us. That's like my first experience <clears throat> in Europe made me who I am today. Well, and you know, it's... It's funny you say that. I was just um, about an hour before we started recording. My my oldest son, I had told you that it's my business partner. We kind of walked around the pond over here by the house and sat on the bench and we were talking and he's kind of having a rough go at a few things right now and within the business because he's young. You know, he's young and he's in the leadership role and he's like, ah, dad, there's this and there's that. And he's kind of having the screws put to him. You know, he just feels, he, 
you know, he, he feels like a failure right now. And he's not, but I mean, you're always yeah. your own worst critic, you know? And I looked at him. I said, but I said, I'm just gonna be honest with you. I said, I'm not happy you're dealing with this. Like I'm, I don't like it at all, but, but I'm really okay with it. And, and the reason I'm okay with it is this is the stuff that it takes to to get better. You know, these are, these are the things that, that help you become who you need to be. And the, the thing is, and I think, I mean, I doubt you were like ready to quit in your third job, but, but the point will stand is so many people, like if you're, if you start here and your destination is here somewhere right around in the middle, there's a lot of pain. You know, if I'm, you're talking about trying to achieve your goals and your dreams and there's a lot of pain, and everyone hits that, or most everyone does. And the people that get to the the goal are the ones that we're dealing to to deal with enough pain or enough dif- discomfort to push through and get there. And um, so anyway, I had that conversation with him. I don't know how much he enjoyed it, but I think he understood and and got it. So <laughs> absolutely, I subscribe yeah. to that principle a hundred percent because I noticed that out of all of my successful friends, every single one went through some kind of suffering. Mm-hmm. I believe in it so much, and that kind of shaped them in who they are. So I think because my kids grew up privileged, both of them, they don't get enough suffering. So mm-hmm. I told them, I need to introduce you to suffering. I don't know what it's going to be, guys. Like, uh, So my oldest has a job right now, and you know he's struggling there too. But I'm like, that's not enough suffering because it's only a part-time job and it's yeah. pretty easy, right? So I want you to uh, go and um, start swimming in the swim team. So he went and signed up for the swim team. And he's like, you know, Mom, it was really hard because I actually like, threw up afterwards. They did accept me to the team, but it was really hard. I'm like, now you're suffering, so now it's great. <laughs> I want you to. Because otherwise, if we're like really poor and struggling, they had nothing to eat, that would be like natural suffering. Yeah. But if you're not in a natural suffering setting, what is it going to be? Mm-hmm. Like, is it business struggle? Is it going to be personal struggle? And as parents, we want to protect them. We don't want them to suffer at all. But that's what it takes. But that's what it takes. You know, and, and, and for just whether it's your kids or whether it's you, the, you know, me, the individual, or, or you, Elena, the individual, um, I think it's easy. I'd, I'd like to see, you know, if you've experienced this. But, like, when you're dealing with that yourself, I know my experience and like my son who's sharing his experience with me and he and I are very, very similar. Um, he's, he's just a shorter, less attractive version than me, you know, younger, <laughs> less attractive version than me, but, uh, <laughs> but we're very similar. Um, but like when you're going through that yourself, you just feel like a complete screw up, a, c- a complete failure. And you're thinking, well, there's no way I'm going to get to the destination because I- I'm just fail, you know, my employees don't like me. My, my, my employees aren't growing. Uh, this thing's not working. I can't, you know, I can't do that right. And, and it, it piles on. And you had just, you had mentioned at the beginning of this uh, podcast that you, uh, you were going to be spending some time with Brandon Vaughn. You know, you're up kind of in his neck of the woods. And I actually used Brandon as an example when I was just talking to my son. I said, Caleb, you know, Brandon tells a story about being balled up on a couch, hyperventilating into a bag his wife in tears about to call 911 worried about his health because he was a bad leader and he lost like 85% of his, his workforce in like five or, or 10 business days. And Brandon's one of the most successful people in our space that we know. So, you know, when we hit, when we hit these failures, cause they are failures, but when we hit these failures, we aren't a failure. We just failed at something 
but all of the best guys, I, I don't know anyone. I, I don't know anyone that has achieved a great deal of success or achieved their dreams that didn't have those, those moments that just really sucked and felt dark and, and, and almost hopeless, you know? So anyway, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to hijack you, but it, you, I don't know that you've ever listened to my show, but I have a tendency to just hijack conversations. So. <laughs> no, I love it. It should be a two-way conversation. It shouldn't be like one person. Yeah. So how did how long were you out in the field before you started? Like, how long was it before you got out of the field? I should say. It was two months, I think. Two months. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. And then. We needed help. So you did, so you get into half a million in one year, was that loaded heavily like in the second half of that six, you know, the second six months or did you start seeing a lot of growth at the beginning or was there kind of like the, uh, a big upturn at one particular point? You know, um, it was interesting because we, uh, there's always temptation in our space to do everything to perfection. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think like to do the job, technical level of the job to perfection, right? Technical aspect. But I think it kind of holds you back in a lot of ways. So if you want to clean the clean the house yourself and inspect it yourself every single time and never allow anybody else to do it, uh, or if you want to take every client in person but on the phone and I'll get all the details just right, uh, it will be a bottleneck at some point. So mm -hmm. I believe that within the first few months, when we started getting that pressure of too much business, more than we could handle in terms of uh, even like answering the phones, the phones were ringing up the hook. We, um, I went out and I found the um, solution that was launched 27 actually. It mm -hmm. was, the, uh, I wanted to make sure, actually I decided that what we're going to do is we're going to automate the whole thing. I wanted people to bypass us mm -hmm. so we can take a shower. They should go and book themselves, which yep. I love launch 27 and then actually we lost it was so painful that we lost one of the partners we had to buy her out she had a um, nervous breakdown because she mm. said i can't her function was to take the clients to communicate to do all of that i did the sales and marketing and the other our friend had like operation side so the 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 middle leg the nerve center of the company quit because she just could not take it anymore and i started researching you know what can be done to alleviate that burden and that was that software so in our company, everything is set up so people don't call us. You have to like go to our website to book. Even when you do call us, the main message says like, please go to our website. Mm -hmm. And if you still need our help, then you can do, you can get, get a hold of us. So, and that allowed us to scale really quickly. Like really? just because yeah, Vegas is 24 seven town. And I think if you think about consumers today uh, or your buying habits, you don't have time to sit for like 45 minutes or an hour to research somebody to make all the details and arrangements. I mean, some people do, but the 80% of clients will not have that time. Yeah. They're after work, they're tired on their morning, they have their baby on their hand or whatever, their dog. They just want like with one like finger on their phone while they're half asleep to like mm -hmm. book you. That's yeah. what they want. You no, know, absolutely. The way I shop, uh, you know, online at least, I Google it find the one with the most amount of reviews, maybe compare it to the second place one if they're, they're close yeah. and then, and then buy really, really quick. Um, but like I have a friend, I don't know if he's still doing it. I know around the time I, I say he's a friend, I mean, he's an internet friend, but 
uh, I met him early on when I started my business and I had started my YouTube channel and he's out in Arizona, I think. And he has a, had a launch 27 company, but his company was called uh, one click maids. And I thought, what a cool, what a great name. Cause it's like, I said, this is exactly what you're saying. It's just now he kind of lied. It's probably more like, 10 or 15 clicks but yeah. <laughs> the point though is just like you click on it we're coming over to your house so uh yeah. I, I couldn't I'm, I'm actually glad to hear you say that because okay listeners well you get a little bit of information about what I've got going on here I had mentioned my wife and I are starting a uh, a cleaning service I kind of hate to say that because I'm not being real public about it because my wife still has her regular job but I'm pretty sure that no one that works with her listens to my podcast if you do and you turn my wife in, I will hunt you down. So don't say anything to, to where she works. But, um, but uh, one of my goals and one of the things I want to do is really focus on the online booking thing. And you actually, that's such a great idea because uh, I already have a, a virtual phone number and, and everything. I think what I'm going to do is have the recording made exactly like what you said. If you need a booking, go to our website because that's how we'll book you anyways, going through the website. If you have any questions, uh, leave a message and we'll get back to you. But the way we keep your costs down is by not having someone answer the phone all the time. <laughs> I think I'm going to say something. Yeah. Kind of the like last that. part. I loved it all the way after the last part. <laughs> so, until, uh, up and, uh, there, it's important to automate everything in your company, right? So yeah. But it's also important to keep some of the human touch as well. Yeah. So, and that's where like the second part of the person comes in they buy like customers buy people, right? So they mm -hmm. want you to show some humanity. So one of the examples I like to give is um, we were cleaning somebody's home after they moved out, and one of the cleaners accidentally sucked in um, baby uh, monitor cord into the vacuum cleaner, so it was damaged. So we replaced everything that was damaged. So I just bought something on Amazon, but because I knew she has a baby, in addition to the new baby monitor, which is like thirty bucks, I also uh, ordered a little toy which was a monkey and I sent the toy and the thing because if you ask yourself that question when was the last time you were delighted and blown away by any service provider mm -hmm. any business? I, I can't think of a time to be honest with you that I was just yeah. blown away exactly exactly and so for me when we first started the company I thought I thought I asked myself that question and the only answer that came to my mind was uh, a very exclusive resort on the island of Hawaii. It's called uh, Manila Bay Resort. It's owned by like a billionaire, and then uh, he sold, I think it was Richard Murdoch, and he sold it to Larry Ellison. Um, that's where Bill Gates got, had their honeymoon, and uh, Oprah goes there, so it's really exclusive. But the way it works, and the reason why I love it so much, is from the moment you step down, it's on a private island, so the moment you step down of the airplane, they pick up your bags, they, they, give, they know your name, they put like a lay on you, everything like comes to you. You don't have to do anything, right? Lift a finger. And anything you want, the answer is always, yes, Miss Ledoux. Anything you want, anything. You can ask for a sky, you can ask for like a fireplace inside your room, like whatever you want um, happens. And so you get like a little spoiled and like a little blown away by that. And mm -hmm. you can never experience it anywhere else because there are five resorts, five-star resorts that have good service, but they take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, how can we take this five-star um, hotel customer service and bring it into our company? Because that's what a lot of service companies don't have. Yeah. When they answer the phone, it's usually like, yes, yeah, yeah, no, no. Now, right? That's a typical experience yet, mm -hmm. right? Yep. 
But imagine if somebody answers his phone, it's like, yes, good morning. How can I help you? And it's like, it's, it's a different vibe altogether. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, no problem. Sure, we can do this. Sure, of course. Of course we can do this. So I always tell them, like, there's DMV, right? There's DMV, which is like, no, ma'am, we don't oh, do Oh, yeah, DMV. <laughs> yep. And then there is a, a Lanai Resort where mm-hmm. it's like, of course. Yes, of course. Yes, of course we'll do this. Yeah. So which business will consumers choose? The DMV one or the five-star hotel? Yeah, yeah. And guess what? They're willing to pay double or triple the price for the other thing. Uh, yeah, at least the ones that you want are, right? And not everyone is. Some people yeah. are only price sensitive and they're just kind of not my people, you know? Um, we yes. we, we want to offer that higher level of service and, um, and we want to get paid for it, so. Yeah, we always say that not everybody has to be our client. That's number one. Number two is the clients, uh, to be our client, you have to be nice and generous mm-hmm. so you're like either you're missing one or another like you're not our client yeah i always say my company's kind of like sushi we're really good but we're not for everybody everybody. So. <laughs> <laughs> well you know yeah some, i'm from oklahoma so when, when you're in oklahoma and you talk about sushi a lot of people look at you like they think that you're going to go to like ulaga lake and take a catfish out of there and just take a bite out of it you know they don't they don't quite get what what it is and if you don't know what Uluga lake is just google it o-o-l-o-g-a-h um so elena fast forward a little bit so a couple months you're out of the field 12 months you're at you know half a million dollars at that point how big is the company is it still just like you and then some cleaners because i'm assuming at half a million you probably don't have a lot of um a lot of management in place you probably have a supervisor or two maybe to help manage some teams or how's that work uh, it was, you know, it was, I mean, we never had like a big structure or anything. Mm-hmm. We were very lean. So in our company, so the cleaners, they go straight to a customer's home. They don't have to, in fact, we didn't have an office until like a year ago when we bought our own building, which was mm-hmm. my dream. For sure. But up until then, uh, they just go straight to the customer home and then they go to a second home and then they mm-hmm. go there to their own home. Right. I would interview people in Starbucks. So we never had a big structure mm-hmm. because I think, um, whether or not you have a good business is reflected in your bank account, not in like all the bells and whistles that you bring. Yeah. Nice yeah. furniture or nice office. None of it is important uh, as you know, how happy your customers are, how happy your employees are and how much money do you have in the bank account at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So we, we try to keep the eyes on the ball and that's the ball for us. Right. So we nice. didn't have a big management structure. In fact, um, right now we actually do have uh, a management team but it's not a big team. It's like maybe three or four people and you know, they're pretty busy. So yeah. in fact, every time I talk about like with our competitors or with other people in the space, everybody else seems to have a much larger structure mm-hmm. and kind of like uh, top heavy. But yeah. I feel like uh, when we're in our business, everybody struggles with HR, human resources. Mm-hmm. And we found that if you hire people who are, how should I say, like have the right character, you don't need to have a really like big structure on top of them. They'll just do, like just explain your goal, right? And let them free, like set mm. them free. Yeah. If you like over-engineer it, if you really have like supervisor over supervisor over supervisor over supervisor and like you have all these costs um, and all the bureaucracy, that's not going to make your company excellent. It's the people who make your company excellent. So just yeah. find the people and don't be in their way. Yep. Like that's the main thing. 
couldn't agree more. I, well, you know, my company right now, uh, we're, we're a little top heavy and I don't, I don't have any supervisors. I, it's, I got me, I've got my, an admin. And then right now I've got three techs, but I need two more desperately. Um, but, but even with me, you know, being out of the field, I, I handle all the cells, but it's like, you, you know, it, it's easy to get too much, you know, it's because, yeah. you know, you, you, your eyes are big and you're like, Oh, that'll be cool. But at the end of the day, you hit it. It's that bottom line on the P and L is really kind of the only thing that matters. You know, all the others, you know, I mean the top line matters too, because your bottom line can't be real big if your top line's not real big, but, but at the end of the day, it's just what you keep. But I know, you know, I think I had this theory where I think a lot of it comes from a little bit of insecurity. Like I'm sometimes very tempted to reach out and hire somebody, hire an expert, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm struggling with an issue and I'm not sure what the answer is, my first reaction is to just like give it to someone else to do, someone who knows better, someone who I'll like, I'll pay to do it, just do it because I like cannot figure it out. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I actually can, like, and you can, right? So. Mm -hmm. And it's like when my mom first immigrated to US and she realized she needs to study English, she went on and bought every single book you can find and, and, and the tape. And she surrounded herself with all these books. But those books are not gonna jump into your head. Yeah. You still need to do it, right? So for us, I think as business owners, if our setting, and that's something that you mentioned earlier, which I wanted to actually mention again, that if you feel about yourself or like if your son feels like, okay, I'm failing, I can't do that. Or sometimes I feel about myself. Mm -hmm. I very quickly try to adjust it. And I call it um, mental thermostat. Because if you put your setting where I am good enough, I can figure it out, which I'm sure you are, mm -hmm. right? You figured out a lot of things in your life up to today. And so am I, so have I. If I keep that setting right there, then whatever challenges that come along my way, they're not going to be devastating. I'll yeah. be like, okay, it's just a challenge. It's actually a puzzle. Let's figure it out. And it will pull you through that hard period that you have, mm -hmm. right? Pull you through and you don't have to suffer too much. Yeah. Whereas if your thermostat is on the low where, you know, I'm not that capable, it's beyond my abilities, then it's very easy to give up. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to fail because you're not even going to be looking for solution because you know it's beyond you. So yeah. like it's really important to have that thermostat up. Always. Something I always tell myself, I tell my kids, it's something I've been saying to my wife a lot because she's finally, you know, she's jumped off and she's ready to do her own thing. But the same thing that's held her back used to hold me back, which is fear, you know, and I always say, you know, there's no one out there that's better than you. There's people out there yes. that they're better at that thing than you are, but you're better at this thing than they are, you know, but, but there's no one out there that's, that's any better. And actually I was, I've used you as an example over the last couple of weeks. I've told my wife, I'm like, I don't know her. I don't know who Elena is, but I know she's not better than us. And if she can do this, I know we can do this. And, um, and, and then of course the very, you know, 20 minutes later, I'm like, Oh my God, we can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have this emotional roller coaster, but, but, but you're, you're so right. And, and I so agree with you. And, and that's just the mentality that, you know, my son and I, we've preached uh, to each other for the last two and a half years and, and, and me to my children and my wife and I is that, you know, people are doing this. You know, I, you hear people say, I don't know if I can do it because of X or the market or this. That. I'm like, if there's other companies that are successful in your area doing what you want to do, that means there's a market for it. And, and it's not a rocket science. yeah, you, and you can do it too. You, all you have to do 
is just find something that you can do better than you know, you're not better than them. You just have to find something that you do better than the other guys, or at the very least back to that rich dad, poor dad thing is sell it better than they can make them feel better. You know, give them that perceived value and get there. So, so some, a question I've been wanting to ask you for a while, let's kind of jump to the end here. So here you are a few years down the road, um, based on the things that you've said, you, um, you're, you've got a very healthy business, uh, you know, based on the things you're saying is profitable and, and you're doing good with there. I know there's going to be some haters, some, some naysayers that are saying, well, of course she did it. She sent her husband from Europe to Las Vegas yeah. to buy a lot of houses. She was an attorney, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. The, you know, she had all this opportunity. I don't. Woe is me. You know, it's just not fair. What, what would you say to someone that whether they're being that negative Nelly, like, like kind of lashing out, or maybe they're not angry about it, but maybe they just kind of feel like, ah, I don't have that, that opportunity. What do you say to someone that is looking from the outside in thinking that maybe they can't do it, even though you did? That's a really good question. Um, so I'm going to say this, I coach and help a lot of businesses to get started or get to the next level. Mm -hmm. And within five minutes of me talking to somebody, I know immediately whether they're going to succeed or not. You know how is if they come to me and they say, Elena, I've been in this business for 20 or 30 years and oh my God, the competition is terrible and the employees just suck and like this and that, and the economy is bad, and my wife hates me, and I'm just stupid, and mm. I'm like this, and they will not fail. I, they will not succeed. I can yeah. give them every single tool. Everything is my head. They will not succeed, right? Mm -hmm. And then conversely, I had people very young even come to me and say, look, you know, I know like we're struggling here, like, but what is really going on? Like, I know there's a solution. I know like, just tell me like, what is the solution? I know it's somewhere here. I know I can figure it out. So I'm like, you know what, here's the solution and like apply it and you'll be fine. And I can see like them posting, they're like, oh, I hit my first million at this, this and that. I know immediately like, because I've done it so many times now, that mindset is everything. And it's not even like within, like I, I wasn't born with like a golden, you know, silver spoon in my mouth. You know, there are times when I first started in the US where uh, my firstborn, I couldn't buy him a pair of socks when he was new. He, he slept in a box. Right. So mm -hmm. I'm sure like your situation might be terrible, but probably not as terrible as sleeping in the box. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. so to go from that to something else, it's and I think like you can take that approach about your mental thermostat and step out of that mentality that it's the circumstances. It's not the circumstance. It's you. Yeah. Right? You will determine mm -hmm. whether you will succeed or fail. That's only you. And in fact, when uh, Soviet Union fell apart, everything went to hell and we had the rampant crime. And I know you mentioned you had three three kids. Yep. Uh, uh, do you have a uh, is one of them a daughter or they're all boys? Yeah, two boys and a girl in the middle. God okay. help me. You will like that story. So uh, I got kidnapped two times within a very short period. Of You've got to be kidding me! I was kidnapped twice, and so the the one and you know spoiler alert, I survived both times. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's the mental thermostat that carried me through, hmm. unharmed. I was not even touched. My father told me when I was probably like a young teenager and he saw there's a lot of criminality going on. It's just wild, wild west. He told me, look, if somebody ever takes you and tries to harm me, you tell him this message. If you ever harm me, my dad will find you no matter where you are. And your 
family will have to scrape your brains off the, this payment. You just tell them that and I will do it, right? So I like so, your dad. Yeah, exactly. Everybody loves him. He's like everybody's favorite. So one day I was finding myself in a car being driven off to a different city with my college friend. There's two guys in the front, right? The, the car doors are locked and my friend is crying hysterically and like thrashing around. Like she doesn't want to be kidnapped. Neither do I, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I told the guy, you know, excuse me, I have a message. I have an important message for my dad. <laughs> And I told them in a very, like, not dramatic way, but very matter of fact, because my thermostat was set by my dad. Yeah. That I shall not be harmed. If mm. I will be harmed, you will be harmed very mm. badly, probably worse than I would. And that thermostat carried me through. Oh, by the way, my dad doesn't even know the story. I was telling other people, but I never told him that. And to wow. this day, he's 70 years old. I brought him to Vegas. He lives in Vegas, 20 minutes from me. If somebody ever tries to grab me, carry me off, <laughs> I will tell him exactly the same message and I will have 100% confidence he will still carry out his part, right? Mm -hmm. So it does, yeah. for him, it doesn't matter what the law says. It does, nothing matters. Like if somebody harms his kids, he will do his part. Well, now I've got to ask you. So you, you calmly say to this guy, hey, you just kidnapped me. I have an important message from my father, <laughs> which I think is, I mean, it's, funny right now i know that's not funny in the moment but what's his response was he like yeah okay or he stopped the car he unlocked the doors and he, he turned around and he said i'm sorry uh, i'm sorry i made a mistake you can go release you gotta be the kidding me wow on the side of the road i had to call my cousin i didn't tell my dad to pick me up because i didn't want to explain to him my cousin came and got us it's probably probably because you were calm. Because if you would have screamed it, he'd be like, "Ah, this person." But when you're like, "Hey, by the way, my my because dad's gonna," it yeah, was the truth. yeah, because that was my mental thermostat, and it carried me through so many difficult mm -hmm. situations. Even when I was at the bottom of like the poverty, right? Mm -hmm. I knew that I'm entitled to a good life. I can work my way. Everything I have today, I knew that I can have it. Yeah. I just knew it. I never thought about myself as I'm stupid. I don't think I'm the smartest person in the room ever. Mm -hmm. I'm probably the dumbest most of the time, right? But yeah. I knew that I want to have that life that my parents mm -hmm. gave me in the beginning of my life. Yeah. Well, that that's great. And, and as a dad, well, I know you don't want to tell him the story. Just when you see your father later this evening, I think you said he's there with you maybe uh, – just give him a little pat on the back from me. Just, I, I, I think that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. You know, cause, cause you are, you're so, and it's funny. I always tell my daughter, I'm like, babe, I'm going to treat you just like the boys. You, you, you know, you get the same, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and have this double standard and the guys get to do this and you get to do that. But you do need to understand there is a biological in my DNA thing that you're different. You're different than my, than the boys. I'm still going to give you the same freedoms. But it's hard. It's hard for dad. So just work with me. And if anyone hurts you, I'm going to kill him and all this stuff. And I remember the first time she went on a date. It was actually here in Orlando right after we moved here. And we met. Uh, she's like, hey, this guy wants to go hang out at. Uh, I don't know if you know what City Walk is, but it's out by Universal Studios. And she's like, he wants to meet there. And I'm like, sure. So my wife and I took my daughter and we dropped her off with him. And then my wife and I like went into the theme park or something while they did their little date thing. And 
oh my gosh, I, it was just like some kind of some some switch went off, and I'm like this, and this poor kid. I mean, because I'm I don't know if it comes. I'm a big dude. I'm like six four right now. I'm about two hundred and sixty eight pounds. You know, I'm. I'm a big guy and I'm wearing a tank top and I've, you know, I've got this big grim reaper tattoo on my chest and all this stuff. And, and I wasn't nice to this kid. Like in hindsight, I'm like, I probably should have toned it down just a little bit, but I gave him a hard time. But I remember after that date, I thought that's it. I'm getting a new tattoo. It's going to be right across my neck and it's going to say bringer of death. And that's it. And that's just going to let guys know that's who I am. If you do anything to my daughter, my wife talked me out of the tattoo. I'm glad she did. We probably sell more stuff without a bringer of death tattoo. But but anyway, exactly. so but, I you, but you can give it to her that thermostat. You can tell like. You are the person who will not be harmed. Yeah, yeah. It was funny. She, I don't want to tell of her dirty laundry, but she had a boyfriend recently that he decided there's this other girl he thought was kind of cute too. And yeah. so my daughter came to me for some advice on it. And I told her, well, she, he reaches back out to her, you know, a week or two later. And he's like, you know, listen, I think we can work it out. And she goes, I don't think you understand. She goes, it doesn't matter if I want to give you a second chance. You do not want to be around my dad. <laughs> and he hasn't bugged her since. <laughs> and it was true. Yeah, I was like, uh, so, so Victor, if you're listening, you don't want to be around me, bro. Um, all right. So, Elena, uh, my listeners, they're starting businesses. They're, some of them already have a business. Some of them are starting one. Some of them want to start one. Do you have any, uh, nothing too crazy, but whether it's a mentality thing or a tactical thing, do you have uh, a couple of little things that, that you could share with them a little tidbit that they can take with them that might make things a little easier? Absolutely. So number one, of course, have your thermostat in the right setting, not as a victim, but it's, I can do it. Yep. Number two is start, start moving your paws. Just keep going. Right. So a lot of times things will come up and some days maybe I won't feel so high and mighty, but I made a deal with myself that I will keep paddling keep going, keep moving your boss. Mm -hmm. And as long as you keep doing that, it will get you there. It's just the momentum. You've just like the, you know, it's like the ocean, right? You just keep going and you will get there like water. So that's super important. A lot of times you will want to give up. A lot of times you feel stuck, but there's always a solution. You can always reach out. You listen to podcasts, mm -hmm. you talk to other people, you figure it out. Which brings me to the last point, which is collaborate with other businesses. Help mm -hmm. them, you know, go on their podcast. Invite them to your podcast. Uh, refer business to each other. Ask them for their advice. Uh, be a giver. The more you give, the more you receive. Don't be all by yourself. And I think people who come from scarcity mentality that, oh, that person is going to get me. or oh, that person is going to be my competitor. Or this person is going to do this or that to me. I'm like really good friends with a lot of my competitors because I help some of them to get started. And I help some of them. Actually, a couple of my two biggest competitors are the ones who I help to get started right mm -hmm. and we cross collaborate as well as different uh, because you're in home service space there's a lot of businesses that are ancillary to what you're doing mm -hmm. so just make friends with them and make each other you know thrive it's so yeah. much easier to gain momentum when you're in that mentality as opposed to oh you know i'll just do it. And, and the same things for employees help them thrive like we offer home buying assistance for employees Really? We offer, yeah, in addition to health insurance benefits, retirement benefits, uh, if they want a lot of, some of our employees are like doctors, mm -hmm. like they're just immigrated. We work around their schedule to study for the exams, right? And so we really want them to be a doctor again if that's what they want. 
We have one pediatrician right now on staff, right? We have classical dancers. Well, classical dancing doesn't pay, right? So as much as, as the maid service does. Yeah. So we help them, you know, we encourage their growth, right? To so collaborate with them. And guess what? When they do and become a doctor again, or when they have their own dancing studio, when they have their engineering uh, profession again, they'll refer business to you. They'll spread the good word. They'll refer, uh, a lot of our employees got referred by our current employees or the past employees. So it's just like, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, good stuff. Love it. All right, couple more things. Here in a minute, I'm going to ask everyone how they can get in touch with you. So a little spoiler on that. Uh, you are, uh, you're a business coach now in the Conquer program, which Conquer is something that I signed up for back in, well, it started in January. I signed up for it back in October. So I'm six months in. Um, it's a great, great program. It's a weekly thing for accountability, plus your one-on-ones with your coaches to help you get a, a, a really good focus on how to build your business and you get an outside, um, an outside view from someone like Elena, you, you, the listener could potentially be in one of her uh, conquer groups and she could help coach you in your business. But lots of coaches, they're all very, very successful. We're going to talk about that in a second on how they can get in touch with you there. But before we do, I've got to ask you, uh, frankly, the most important question of this entire podcast. And I ask this to almost every person. Sometimes I forget, which I'm ashamed because it is the most important question. Um, but with you being uh, an attorney, very analytical, I'm very curious to see your answer on this. So would you rather, now this is a fight to the death, okay? Would you rather fight a thousand duck-sized horses? So, you know, horses the size of a duck or one horse-sized duck? So a thousand duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? Um, so I'm on Reddit too. <laughs> <laughs> I love that question. Uh, I think for me, it's a thousand uh, horses that are size of the duck. Because I think horses have very gentle personality and ducks are very evil, right? Mm. So if there's one huge <laughs> evil duck, I'd rather not even deal with it. Uh, and if there's a thousand gentle, uh, nice horses. Uh, you oh, well, they're not going to be nice. These are going to be like rabid. They, oh, yeah. They want to come at you. You have to fight them, and they're ready to take you down. So does that change any anything? Um, you know, I believe in nature of things, uh, like people and animals. I would still go with the horses. I will bet on that nature even if then they're evil they're not that evil. as the ducks are. ducks are truly evil i don't uh, know why on this earth but they are you know i actually i love ducks so maybe that says a lot about me <laughs> but um but i just have to go for the after the horses you know i just think it'd be too easy to step on all of them you know and just something be done with it and 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 move on so the big duck just sounds really scary but uh yeah i'm on reddit too by the way for anyone that's curious uh i I have a, my Reddit username, uh, it's do it every day with an underscore under each one. Um, I posted a lot in the entrepreneur subreddit. So whether it's you, Elena or anyone else listening, if you want to kind of go and, uh, 
um, see some of my posts about, I've been posting, you know, somewhat regularly over the last two and a half years on there, just business updates and stuff like that. So, so that's kind of fun. Uh, do it every day underscores, uh, under in between the words. Keep your head in them, uh, <laughs> well, I know, but I don't have anything. I mean, you know, I got my, I posted some tattoos on there. I mean, it is there's nothing I'm ashamed of. So, um, yeah. I got other Reddit names for, for that. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, I, you're the first person that's called me out though for stealing that from Reddit. So I'm a little embarrassed. Um, Elena, how can people get in touch with you? If they, whatever reason, whether it's the conquer coaching program or, or I don't know if you have people reach out to you in other ways, but how can they get in touch with you? Most people find me on either via uh, Facebook or Quora. Uh, so I'm one of the top writers on Quora worldwide. Um, so you can just search my name. If you Google my name, the first thing that pops up is Quora. I get a lot of messages. Um, you can also follow me on Facebook. I do a lot of kind of um, Facebook lives and a lot of people follow me. And, you know, that's how we got introduced yep. to you through Facebook. Um, yeah. And you can email me, Elena at superbmates.net. I always okay. help. Perfect. And one more thing, just for those that are going to listen to this podcast in a timely manner, because I think I'm going to get this thing up tonight. So that way people can listen to it through the holiday and everything coming up. You've got a, you're going to be a part of a, like a virtual or an online conference um, uh, at the end of July, right? Isn't that when that is? Yes, it's a July 29th. It's a called Mate Summit. Um, so you, you basically, it's, it's a really cool thing because it's free. You just sign up and there's a lot of like, uh, industry leaders who just talk about their secret for success, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to be there. Um, and yeah. And so I think it's really awesome because each of us achieves success like slightly differently. Mm -hmm. So you get to know all of our secrets, which is great. And it's online. So you can just watch in your underwear. Yeah, it's actually really cool. You just go in there, you just put your email in, sign up, and then you just kind of select all the, the people that you want to listen to. I didn't select them all, but it was super easy to sign up for. So it'll send you uh, reminders whenever that particular uh, lecture is about to go up. And uh, I actually, so I know you now that's doing it. Uh, I don't know if you know Martha Woodard, but she's, uh, she's doing it. Um, Roy. Royce Ard. I don't know if you know Royce, but, um, but he's, he's doing one and he's got a business up in, uh, up in Georgia. So, but, um, but anyway, Elena, this was awesome. I, I, I think we might be friends. I think this was fun. I think so, we are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I can't, I can't thank you enough. So thank you so much for being on the show. I look forward to, to getting to know you a little better. And, um, for all the listeners out there, I say it every week and I mean it. And I'm going to say it again. If you're not doing the things that you want in life, you better have a damn good reason for it. But if you're not pursuing those things, there's no good reason for it. Make things happen. Peace out.